Hey, thanks for joining me on the Life Podcast, where you guessed it, we talk about life. My name is Austin, and I am so excited that you are tuning in. This podcast exists to encourage you and walk alongside you as you experience life. So thanks for tuning in. Now let's get into today's episode. All right, everybody, thank you so much for uh, tuning in to another episode of the Life Podcast. Today looks a little bit differently. Normally, I uh, bring my guests in-house, but we are going all the way down to, to California. You said you're in Fresno? No, well, Pasadena. That's Pasadena. where I'm from, Fresno, California. Okay, yeah. okay. Well, we got our guest in, Trey Packer, today. He is uh, from California. I actually met Trey through Bible College. Um, and we recently connected on Instagram and had a had a fairly decent conversation about some things we're passionate about. And uh, I want Trey to hop on and uh, share some of his thoughts and some of his story with us. So, Trey, go ahead. Tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Yeah, bro. Uh, my name is Trey. Um, I'm from Fresno, California. If you do not know where Fresno, California is, it's smack in the middle of, of like yeah. California. And so it's known for agriculture, farmland and everything. And so... It's pretty dope. I mean, we feed half of California, but everyone else be hating because it's literally nothing there. But hey, there you go. Uh, um, I currently live in Pasadena. I'm in the process of transitioning to Dallas, Texas. And so that's crazy. So I'm actually going to be moving here in the next couple of weeks. Um, I, I work for a ministry called One Voice. Uh, we go into public high schools and we pretty much establish faith-based clubs. Wow. And our heart, honestly, is to reach the youth of America and really sh- uh, share the gospel within these public high schools. And so I've been around for about 10 years. And so we've seen thousands of high school students come to know Jesus through these uh, these meetings that we have during lunchtime called Jesus Clubs. And so, yeah, we've been seeing kids from across America, just encountering the Lord and um, getting saved. And so it's, it's awesome. And it's an honor to be able to be a part of this ministry. And so, um, yeah. And so I pretty much work for one voice. Um, I love Star Wars. I love hip hop music. You know, love the 49ers. This is a terrible season right now. Not a good start Um, for the 49ers. Dang, man. So far because all the injuries, but you know, I know, bro. It's tough, tough. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, uh, again, I appreciate you hopping on today. And um, we uh, last week, if you listen to the podcast, uh, I shared my own story and, and struggles that I've kind of overcome in my life. But today I wanted to have a more in-depth conversation about um, this issue of pornography and this issue of just sexual immorality going on um, within the church and, and with outside of the church. So um and, and by no means is this episode meant to bring anybody who is struggling with, with sexual sin or addiction to pornography or anything like that. I do not want to make you feel shameful. I don't want to bring you guilt. I don't want to condemn you. Um, what I really want to do today is, is offer you hope, offer you encouragement, um, and, and um, maybe even pray for you if you are feeling in, in some sort of way trapped or struggling with this. So, um, And I wanted to give you some stats as to, to why this is so important and why this is relevant. Um, because I think that we've put this issue sort of on the back burner sometimes. And, and I feel like things like sexual sin, though we talk about them, I feel like they're still very taboo within the church and very just kind of brushed to the side. So um, I want to bring a little importance and relevance to this. So here's some statistics for you that I found as I did some research about this topic. Um, it says here, 40 million Americans say they regularly visit porn sites. 40 million is a huge number. Uh, 70% of men in the United States aged 18 to 24 visit these sites monthly. 
A third of all internet uh, porn users are women. Um, and here's some crazy statistics. 56% of divorce proceedings cite obsessive interest in pornographic websites as a reason for their divorce. Um, and then here's where it gets even crazier. More than 50,000 leaders within the church admit to using porn on a regular basis. Um, and that is a staggering statistic and sad. And Trey, as we talked, we even, you know, wow. you mentioned that there are just so many church leaders who are being taken out by this, who are who are caught in this. And um, it's it's sad to see and, and we hate to see it. Yeah. So um, that's why we want to have an honest conversation today about it to, to really bring importance to it. Um, a few more yeah. things. Um, conditions that kind of co-occur with with porn addiction and sexual sin are things like depression, anxiety, um, even substance abuse. If you're struggling with something like this, odds are that that um, this uh, addiction is, is likely causing many other bad things in your life. And, yeah. and so, I mean, the statistics are just wild. And if you're feeling a little uncomfortable with these numbers, um, I would say that's fair because this is an uncomfortable topic and, and those numbers should make anybody just kind of like, uh, you know? So um, I said this last week, but I feel that pornography is one of Satan's greatest weapons um, against the church and against those who are outside of church. Anybody struggling with this can tell you that they feel distant from God, that they feel like they are unworthy, that um, that their life just doesn't feel right. So um, again, that's why we're talking about it. And I asked Trey to come on the show because I know that he's passionate yeah. to see people set free from this. I know you have your own story. And uh, yeah, since we're getting into it, Trey, why don't you just go ahead and share your story, maybe your experience with um, with with this in your life? Yeah, absolutely. Um, let me start off with this. Um, just even reading over those stats too, even before this, like it just blew my mind, even the yeah. church leader part, because I've known so many anointed and like crazy men of God that fall into this to this trap of the enemy and yeah. you know including myself i was definitely at that place too and i just really want to say that you know there are there were really great men of god even in the bible that fell short at this it wasn't specifically pornography right but it was the idea of lust and you yeah. think of people like samson who was like this warrior you know and just like yeah. fell short by just allowing like you know delilah coming through and being weak by her and allowing her, her her to basically shave his head and like you know cut right. off basically his source of power you know what i mean yeah and so yeah and so even david fell short. king david you know this man after god's own heart you know fell by seeing like some chick like Bathsheba, like you know taking a shower and everything while he was supposed to be at war but he decided to stay back yeah and so there's many examples like of these people that fallen short of the sin and so if you're like one of these people that just like have fallen short maybe you're someone who works in the church maybe you're someone you know who's been following jesus for years and it's just this thing you just simply cannot shake i just want to say like there's actually hope for you because yeah. these men of god that although they've fallen like they've gone back up and they were greater afterwards you know what i mean yeah and so um yeah and so for me um just getting into my story um, I feel like pornography and has always been in my life ever since I was a kid. As long as I remember like being four or five years old, I've always been aware and always been like somewhat exposed to like lust, sex, all those kind of things without yeah. actually like being sat down and actually like told like the context and what is sex and everything. Right. I was just shown through like movies. I was shown, um, 
just going to my friend's house that was like a couple of houses down from uh, my grandmother and my friend's dad had like all these posters all over his mm, garage yeah of like half naked women and everything and even seen like magazines from like different stores and all that kind of stuff um this was before social media <laughs> yeah. so yeah and so i was i've been aware since i was young as i known like four or five years old but it wasn't until um i would say probably eight years old is when i first it was my first time actually watching pornography and um i was actually through a family member um i went to this family member's house and uh me and him were very close super close and so um i remember him showing me the pornographic film and i just remember just being just completely just mind blown and just after after that like i started to become more and more curious and i wanted to like actually find more pornography and so like that's when like pornography you were able to find pornography at this time like on cable and all that kind of stuff and different like just tv shows and movies and everything and so i would like search out for like porn and everything and so um yeah and so it fast forward all the way to what middle school at this point like i'm a i became like a full-blown addict and Mm -hmm. that's when like websites were starting to be established like Pornhub and all those kind of like different websites. And that's when I began to watch more pornography and everything. And that's when I just, honestly, it it got so bad to where like I was watching it before school, after school, like before bed, (laughs) like when I first first wake up in the morning, like it was that bad. Like I would just like grab my like family's laptop, go to my room, lock the door and like honestly watch it right then and there. And so like, um, yeah, I was pretty much at this point like an addict and I was consuming it every single day. I didn't grow up in the church at all at this time either. It wasn't until I was 15. Um, it's when I actually start, started going to church and eventually I ended up getting saved. Mm-hmm. But um, during my childhood, I didn't grow up knowing Jesus. I didn't grow up, um, yeah, not going to church regularly. It was very dysfunctional in my home, both parents. Um, they were always fighting and all that. My dad was an alcoholic. He was, uh, in gangs and a whole bunch of craziness. Um, and so for me, it was very, very inconsistent in my home. And so I felt like at that age, like, especially with a dad that was very in and out cause he was part of a gang. <laughs> so he was like yeah. out there and like, you know, yeah. doing his thing. And so, and also my mom, she, worked very hard. And so she was a nurse and pretty much like was working like every single day, like trying to like make sure that I was good, make sure like, you know, there was food on the table. So for me, you know, not having two parents always there from like, from sun, sun up to sundown, like I had a lot of free time. (laughs) And so like, you know, I straight up just like, with that free time, like I ended up looking at stuff I wasn't supposed to mm-hmm. all that. And I had a lot of time and I would never get caught. And so yeah. like, by the time, like I got to like 15 years old, my dad has goes to church with my aunt and just has this radical encounter with Jesus completely gets delivered from like, um, alcohol completely delivered from everything that he was going through and just came back home as a different man. And so for me, um, he ended up inviting me to church and I started going to church, um, with him. And so for me, I thought church was just like this weird thing. It was just like going to, uh, 
just going to this place, hearing a boring preacher <laughs> talk yeah. about this history book for like two hours and just like, I'm just going to sit there and starve and think about In-N-Out Burger for two hours. <laughs> and so, yeah. And so, and so I just like, I started going and the more I went to church, the more I became like very curious about Jesus. And I um, started going to a youth group and I had an incredible youth pastor. Like I would say this man has played such a huge role in my life. And he's the reason why, like I ended up like giving my life to Jesus is because he planted the seeds in my life and built relationship with me. Mm -hmm. And he was a safe place for me to go to whenever I was going through things. And so, um, yeah, I ended up eventually giving my life to Jesus. But the craziest thing about that is that although I had a moment where I was just like, yes, God, like, I want to give my life to you. Yes, God, like, I want to follow you and everything. I still struggled with pornography. Yeah, It was still a wrestle. And that was something, man, for years, I was just like, God, like, why didn't it just happen right then and there? Like, mm-hmm. you know, and there's, I feel like there's moments in my, like, even my walk with Jesus where it was just like, you know, I come back to the same place and I'm repenting and I'm just like, yeah. God, I wanted, I want the exact same experience as my dad mm-hmm. who like straight up was, was doing drugs and alcohol. And all of a sudden, like you just wiped it clean. Like I want that. And, I, and it didn't happen. And it was crazy to me because I was just like, what the heck? And so, like, fast forward to, like, uh, about 20, 21 years old, I'm serving in this ministry, leading this youth ministry full time. I was struggling with still with pornography. I was having moments of victory of, like, weeks, months of victory. And then I fall right back into it. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, I was full time in ministry. And even in Bible college, like, struggling yeah. with my life with this. And it was just frustrating. And, like, um, yeah, I just got to a point where, like, I had to, like, and I had to come clean in my whole time, like from 15 to 20, 21, I just never came clean. I became so just scared and had this like fear of man over my life of like, yeah. if I were to share this, like, you know, like what would my pastor think of me? What would right. so-and-so think? Am I going to get rejected? Am I going to be casted out from the church? Am I going to like, you know, like go through all that? And like, it was a real terror for me. And so, um, it wasn't until like, I actually fell really deep, not even just pornography, but with, with an actual person. And that's when I just realized, like, I just cannot hide this anymore. Like, this is way too much. Just, it escalated. Yeah. And so like, I ended up, ended up coming clean to my pastor and I just shared with them what I was going through. And pretty much after that, like I pretty much, he had me take a break from ministry for a while. And um, eventually I ended up making the decision to step down completely. And I, yeah, I was in a place where I was just like, I was still in Bible college. I was still like, you know, still following Jesus, but I'm still really struggling with this and yeah. I'm, and I'm still needing accountability. I'm still needing all this. And so, um, go fast forward, even a couple more years being in one voice. I ended up, um, God, honestly, God sending me to one voice, sending me to LA was literally his mercy. It's, it was literally his mercy for my life and his yeah. love for me because what I thought I was going to, I thought I was going to a place where I was like, yo, like I'm going to go to LA. We're going to reach high schools. We're going to, mm-hmm. you know, like 
we're going to preach the gospel and all this other stuff. And he put me in a place where I'm just completely hidden, you know, hidden the ministry, not preaching. Yeah. Not like, you know what I mean? Doing all these crazy things that everyone like wants to do. Right. But he has me in a place where it's just me and him. And he surrounded me with people that I can trust people like my leader now who I go to for accountability is like my housemate right now, who is basically my accountability partner. And he actually like is someone I go to to confess and all that kind of stuff and really share when like stuff happens. And, you know, like it's crazy to think that at first I thought I was going to come to LA thinking I was going to do all these crazy things. The reality was God would really wanted, really wanted my heart. And really wanted like me to actually be in a place where I'm surrounded with other people that are able to build me up and encourage me and everything. And so, um, and so, yeah, I, um, during this quarantine season, I ended up, uh, finally going to, into counseling and started to really seek out counseling. And it's crazy. Um, because I think at this point in, even the beginning of counseling, I was just like, God, like, I am terrified of the, of thinking that, I'm going to continue to live a life where people think I follow you and all this kind of stuff. Mm. But my character's not matching what's wow. actually being shown on the outside. What's going on deep within is not, it's not matching it. And just even the idea of just like being more and more and more far away from God yeah. scares the living crap out of me. <laughs> like it, It's terrifying. Yeah it's terrifying. And so I ended up, um, going to counseling and I was just like very open, started to share a lot of my story. And I think the main thing I wanted to get out of it was what exactly is the real issue of like my struggle with pornography? Like what exactly, why am I going to this every single time? Yeah. And the biggest thing that the Lord really showed me, and this actually ties into why God didn't just like transactionally just didn't take it away it's because that the root issue of me dealing with pornography comes from honestly my identity and comes from like never feeling enough. And it finally made sense. Like when I was in that counseling session and like I was sharing and sharing and the Holy spirit just really highlighted that to me. The reason why you're the reason why like you keep running back to pornography, keep running back to lust and masturbation is because you never feel like you're enough. Wow. And it finally made sense. It finally made sense from the time, like as a kid, like I didn't feel enough for like my dad to stick around and like have consistency with me. And then it jumped straight into like being 15 years old. I didn't feel enough to like actually like fit into my friend and peer groups and everything. And then later it became relationships. And later it actually even became ministry. Like, will I ever be enough to actually walk in the fullness of God and the calling over my life and having like lies of the enemy just hit me and come into my mind. And then now like I'm reacting out of that place. Like what? Oh, maybe I'm not enough. Maybe like, you know, I'm never going to measure up to anything. And so that was my reaction in those moments of like, feeling that and it ended up becoming pornography for me. And so the moment I realized that I was just like, what the heck? Like this finally makes sense. Why I keep running back. And the biggest thing that the Lord really highlighted to me to really show me that Trey, you are enough is the moment he made the decision in the garden before he went to the cross. Like 
he wow. was like going through it and like wrestling like god like father like pass this cup like but the biggest response that he had was not my will but let your will be done and he made the decision to actually go to the cross and die for us mm. and i think the decision alone really shows how much how much he really loved the father and how much like he loves us mm-hmm. that love is actually a decision to act and a decision and an action and like that alone thinking like i was a decision i was you know that was the decision jesus made he made the decision for humanity to be set free from this generational curse mm-hmm. since the garden since the garden of eden like of this sinful nature and everything and for him to be the ultimate like sacrifice to be able to like for anybody to actually come into a place of righteousness righteousness and really come into a place of like freedom from like sin and like that alone made me really think like wow like i am enough mm-hmm. if jesus made a decision to die on the cross of course loving and obeying the father but also wanting humanity to be free then i am enough <laughs> like yeah he made the decision and it's already been done. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's good. So that alone, like made me just like, man, like my fight's worth it. And also just like even other stuff too, like even realizing like, it's not even just me. Like I realized like there's even family members I have that struggle with this. I have yeah. friends that struggle with this. I have, you know, just different people around my life and just like people I know from a distance that genuinely struggle with this and i'm just like man like if my free means something like if me being free means that i get to that god gets to use my life to actually bring light and hope to others then i'm for it like i'm down like god use me you know and so like yeah and so for me like our freedom our freedom from pornography is not even about us Mm. it's actually about jesus it's about him getting the glory and him actually like working through our lives and through our brokenness to set others free. And yeah. so, yeah, bro, that's pretty much like the whole, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, thank you support. for, thank you for sharing that yeah. man and being vulnerable. I feel like, um, again, I shared this last week. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, seriously, go listen and then come back and finish listening to this one. But, um, I feel that when, because when I was going through this same, the same thing, I did not feel like there was anybody on earth that would ever understand me, that would ever like, you know, be able to sympathize with me that had ever gone through this. I was like, I'm alone. I I'm alone. And and that's how it's going to be. And, and one of my biggest realizations was when, um, I, I did like confess, I, I mean, this weight was lifted off my shoulders and then I began like to realize, Oh, people aren't going to judge me. Like, like, for example, my wife, dude, um, she was the person that I came clean to and she just Ooh, met me with love. I heard that part. Yeah. She met me with love and grace and I was a big ball of tears, dude. It was the craziest <laughs> thing. And, Bro, and so for yeah. me, it was like really understanding that, that there are safe places that there, that there are people who actually care about me because I think that was the biggest lie that Satan was telling me that, um, nobody's going to understand nobody. Everybody's going to think of you different. Cause I was the same way, dude. I was so fearful of how people were going to view me. And I had such an image problem. Like I, I wanted people Absolutely. to like me and to Absolutely. enjoy me and, and not hate me and think I'm gross. And so, um, yeah, man, I, I think that when we yeah. share our story, um, 
when, when, I, when I hear your story, I'm encouraged. And I hope when people hear my story that they're encouraged to know that they're not alone. They're encouraged to know that, that somebody else has, has been through and is now on the other side of what they're currently in because it's so important to know that there is yeah. victory in that situation. And man, I love what you said about Absolutely. Jesus making the decision um, that when he did that, it was because um, it was for us. It, it, was, it was making the decision that this was no longer going to rule in our lives. So that's so good. Thank you for yeah. sharing that, man. Um, wow. you, you shared your story and you already shared a little bit about this, but what were some of the, the effects that I had on you personally? Like what, like what did it do to your self image? How did you view yourself? Um, for me, I looked in the mirror and I just couldn't even stand who I saw anymore because I saw somebody who was a fake, who was a hypocrite. And wow. so, wow. um, what did it have on yourself? And even what were some of the effects it had on your relationships, maybe dating relationships or even yeah. just close yeah. friendships? Yeah, bro. Man, I'll tell you, pornography, bro, like, at the moment, it's just, like, it was good. It was, like, the way to go to and just, like, I just want to feel something. Yeah. Because for me, like I said, it was, like, me not feeling enough, like, when my dad wasn't around. It was me not feeling enough when, you know, like, my friendships and everything and, like, you know, trying to please my friends and all this kind of stuff and mm -hmm. feeling rejection and even going through, even in middle school, like bullying and all that kind of stuff and like, um, relationships. And so going into pornography and like going into it and actually committing the act, it made me feel more depressed. Yeah. Like it didn't take away the depression. It made you feel good for a moment. And I think this is something that we have to be honest with ourselves that you go to it because you like it. You go to it because you know, yeah. like what it gives you at that moment, but you do hate it when afterwards you feel shame, you feel all these things. Yeah. And like for me, it affected, that's how it really affected myself. It made me more depressed. It made me, um, very just like to myself. Like I didn't really want to like interact with people as much, especially with family um, and friends a lot. And it really, uh, it really messed me up mentally and made me view women mm. in a most jaded way ever. Yeah. Because the truth is with pornography, it's, it's fake. Mm. I mean, it's, it's completely fake and it makes you view women in a certain way. And even I would say what God even created sex to be, you know, it made you, it makes you think like, Oh, that's what's is you know especially if you've never been sat down and actually taught biblically what sex really is right. and why god created it to be and so for me it gave me this disgusting jaded view and it affected like me and my relationships like with like different girlfriends i had at the time because then i was thinking like oh like love is like me actually receiving sex <laughs> like yeah it's what i saw from pornography that's where i go and like get my like affection. That's where I get, mm -hmm. you know, that's where I'm, a, I feel more affirmed and all these things. And so like, that's how I really like mess up my relationships. And then I have like a relationship that's built on sex, just built on like just disgusting stuff that I was exposed to from pornography. Mm -hmm. And eventually like once that relationship breaks off, then there's like some ties still, still there because of the acts that were committed within. And so, so, um, 
it really didn't just necessarily affect you, but it affects others as well. And it makes them feel like you, they have to measure up to that. Mm-hmm. They have to like match what you've seen in pornography, you know? And so, yeah, yeah I think that's one of the biggest things that like affected, like I would say relationally. And um, I think the biggest thing that it really affects is the other person on the other side of the screen. You know, like we, a lot of times think about like ourselves and think about like, man, like this affects me, makes me feel more depressed. It makes me like, you know, jack up a lot of the relationships I have and and live a life of secrecy and not being completely authentic and honest with others. But the truth is also, yes, that's very true, but it also affects the other person on the other side of the screen because the truth is pornography is human trafficking. Pornography is a lot of women that were caught up in the industry that, you know, how many, I don't know how many stories I've heard of like, like women that go to these photo shoots and thinking it's just a photo shoot and they ended up, ended up becoming more than just that. I don't know how many stories I've heard of women or even young girls that were caught in sex slavery from their own parents, from, you know, just family members or being kidnapped and they're forced to like do sexual acts on the camera, you know, and yeah, dude, it's a lot of it is really human trafficking. A lot of it is like unconsented stuff, yeah. you know? And so like what you're seeing most of the time is not, it's not real. It's not real at all. The only thing yeah. real about it is what's actually going on behind the scenes. And so, and even there's a lot of women that are even like the reason why they're in the porn industry or whatever, like it's because they have to put food on the table because they have kids because if they jump out of it, they're going to get killed, that kind of thing. And so I think that's the way, like even as consumers, like people consuming pornography, how it truly affects you know, on the other side of that screen, it yeah. affects that person because, you know, they're another human being who was created in the image of God mm. getting beat up with lies by the enemy but not only that, they're caught up in something that they probably never imagined ever being caught up in, you know? And also another thing is just like the idea of like, that's someone's daughter, you know? And I'm not saying all this and like sharing all this like stuff that's very true, like to make anyone feel more ashamed of themselves, Mm -hmm. to feel more like crap, but it's the truth and the truth sets you free. And I think that being aware of this, not only, not only do you say like, wow, like now I just want to get free from myself. No, now you're wanting to say like, I want to get free so the other people can get free. Not just some other people that are just consuming this, but the people that are caught in the industry and just actually believing that God can actually go into that industry, use people to go into that industry, not actually doing the stuff, of course not, but like, being an influence around those people's lives and actually like reach them, you mm-hmm. know? And so, yeah, I think porn has so many jacked up effects. And I think even just like your brain, like it really messes up your brain and all that kind of stuff. I got to do a little bit more research on him, but like, yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's definitely some effects to even just what it does to your brain, the way you view women, the way, you know, certain things like trigger you. Maybe if it's just like, feeling rejection maybe if it's like i don't know something just happens in your life and then 
immediate reaction is pornography. The immediate reaction is just, I just want satisfaction right now. And so it's easy to run into basically to that. And so, um, yeah. And so I would say, man, that was the crazy effects that really caused me personally, relationally. And the reason why I think there were so many relapses too is because of the idea of like not being enough. And I think a lot of us have to ask that question. What exactly is that root that's causing me to go to it again? What exactly is it? Is it the childhood trauma that you had as a kid? Is it that moment of like someone in your family member did something to you or whatever that looks like? You have to ask that question. Why am I going to this? And because I think that's where God really wants to bring healing to. I mm-hmm. think pornography itself and masturbation and lust, I think it's a symptom, but I think there's something, it's a symptom and it's a surface level thing, but there's something far more deeper than that. There's something far more deeper and you got to get to the root. And then also just like when you ask yourself and really ask the Lord for that root, ask the Lord to really invite you or invite basically invite the Lord into that space and have him uproot that very thing and actually like allow him to walk with you and actually speak truth over your life. And so, yeah. Yeah, no, that's good, man. Uh, Thank you for for, uh, answering that question, honestly. And here's the deal. Like if any of you are listening right now and you just feel uncomfortable, you feel um, you feel like this is a difficult conversation. That's because it is. And I don't think that this is something that should be taken lightly. Um, I haven't heard, maybe it's because I haven't, you know, searched out. Um, I know there are a ton of ministries and stuff out there against this, but one of the other statistics that I read while I was researching this was that only 7% of churches have, you know, ministries or or groups that cater to this need, um, whether that be like accountability partners or right. classes that, that teach on this or whatever. But but I think there is a real lack of honest conversation. There's a real lack of of maybe discipleship in this area. And so, again, that's yeah. the whole reason that this conversation is to be had. Though it's uncomfortable, though it's hard, it's necessary. And, and like I said, I think that um, this is called the Life Podcast. And I would be doing a disservice yeah. if I would talk about talk about the easy stuff. Of course, I can. we can talk about some light and easy stuff sometimes, but I want to see real change in people's lives. And I know Trey does too. And um, we're not going to be achieving that by talking about the surface level. We're going to be achieving that by having real deep, vulnerable, even painful conversations. So um, don't think that these conversations are coming from a place of, of, oh, it was just a couple years. It was easy. No, this is from a place of real hurt and real pain that it sounds like Trey's experienced, that I've experienced. So like this is Uh, this is real stuff. And um, yeah. So uh, let me let me ask you this question, Trey. What if you could give one or two uh, pieces of advice, one or two things you could say to somebody who is currently struggling with this, what would you say to them? What are the biggest things that you think that they need to realize they need to understand? Yeah, um, I think advice number one, I would say this is something that I had to (laughs) stop doing, but I need to stop counting the days of like how many, like how many days I can I go to get pure? Yeah. How many days can I go without porn? How many days can I go without masturbation? But you need to ask yourself this question. How far can I go into Jesus? Mm. How far can I go into the presence of God? And how far can I go into intimacy with him? Because that's where the freedom is. Yeah. We do not have the power alone as human beings full of 
flesh, like we do not have the power to overcome sin. It's only through Jesus. Yeah. It's only through him that we're able to, we're able to even overcome it and continue to walk as a new creation. And so I really believe like, it's about going deeper with God. It's about going deeper with him. Like go there, go there into the word, go there into that and close your door and go and get on your knees and really just like seek after God mm -hmm. and really like pursue him. Cause that's where the freedom is. That's where he wants us. It's not just like, okay, like, I'm on week two. I'm going to try not to sin. Right. Like, you know, like, no, we're not called to live a life on defense, playing defense. Yeah. We're called to go offensive. What does that look like? That looks like really just picking up your Bible and reading your Bible. That's honestly reading the word of God is the only way, like, you know, we can overcome this. What does the Bible say? The Bible says that how can a young man keep his way pure is living according to the word of God. Mm. And so consuming the word of God and not only consuming the word of God, but actually living it out, you know? And so I think that's honestly, it's the only way to really just, yeah. you know, overcome it and just really just, uh, yeah, I just challenge you guys go yeah. there, go let there me, with Jesus. Let me add something to that because that is so, so key. And I was thinking about this before we recorded, uh, um, that, that when we try to to walk this line of sin versus not sin, it's never going to work out for us um, no. because it's easy to fall to either side. So we could just get lucky one day and be on here and luck, unlucky the other day and fall over there. But but I think it's so important that we get in our Bible because God created us to be somebody specific. He did not create us to... Um, to, to feel things like guilt and shame and condemnation. And let me explain. Yeah. Let me explain. Because... Um, we do not, we, in order to know who we are, we have to know who the Bible says we are because, because God created us. And if he created us, he created us to be somebody specific. So God created us to be holy, which means to be set apart. He created us to be, to be righteous, which means to be in good standing with him. He created us to be pure. He created us to be, um, no longer slaves to sin like Paul talks about. And so until we get in the Bible, and realize that God has made us to be somebody, rather than trying to live to who God made us to be, we're going to live from the place of who God already made us to be. When Jesus yeah. died on a cross, it wasn't so that um, we could he could help our behavior and make our behavior better. It was so that he could quite oh. literally give us a new life. The Bible says that we have been made a oh, new creation. And, and here's the analogy I like to give. Oh. God didn't, um, for example, if your engine, if there's something wrong with your engine in your car, you're going to take it to the shop and in this analogy, what God does is the engine is your heart. And rather than just trying to fix it and put band-aids on it, God gives you a new engine, a new heart that is already predisposed to live in his ways. So for example, I would assume when you got saved, you probably started to have thoughts like, oh man, maybe what I'm doing is wrong. What I'm doing, I shouldn't be doing anymore. Um, and you started to feel the effects of that because yeah. the new heart that God gave you when oh, you got yeah. saved was predisposed to intimacy with him, not intimacy with anything else. So um, it's it's really understanding and living from the place that God has made you to be rather than striving to be that person because you already are and you're going to yeah. live out of who you already are, not out of who you're trying to be. So I think that goes hand in hand with, with what you're saying, Trey. I think that was super good. Yeah, bro. Definitely. Definitely, man. I, man, bro, it's, yeah, I think going there and just like living the life of like who you were created to be, man, that's the life we want. We don't want behavior modifications. Yeah. We don't want just like 
Christian and like yeah. not sin and so I'm gonna like go my whole life and like just thinking like don't sin don't sin don't sin don't sin like bro like there's so much more to your life there's so yeah. much more to that like Jesus wants you to fully walk out like you know fully walk out who you were made to be and so man like I think also like um I guess this is like the second like thing I would tell people like mm-hmm. this is so funny because God really showed me this I really love football I really love football. I love the 49ers. Like that's my thing. And so like one of the things the Lord showed me is that he showed me that I was a running back. And a lot of times when you're the running back, your goal is just to get yards. Like it don't even matter if you're like getting one, two, five yards. Like it's about getting yards and not getting pushed back behind the line of scrimmage. Mm. Like your goal is to find the hole. Your blockers and really shoot out of that hole and get and pick up what you need to pick up. And so the Lord really showed me that like in my walk with purity and my walk with him, that like, it's not about like, it's okay to get one or two yards. What does that look like? Like one, two yards. Like if you go a day without like actually falling, but you actually pursue God that whole entire day, you, maybe you wrestled with temptation that day. Maybe like the enemy came and like was trying to attempt you like, but you resisted and you went back to the word of God. That means something that one or two yards, that five yards means something. Yeah. So good. And maybe it's like consistency of that in the mundane, like yeah. pursuing God, pursuing God, pursuing God. It don't matter. The moment I wake up in the morning, I'm running to the word of God. The moment that I'm like tempted to look at pornography and lust, I'm running to the word of God. I'm running and I'm worshiping God. It don't matter. Like, and eventually, and even he showed me like the block, the blockers in our lives, the people blocking like the defenders is actually him blocking the defenders. And eventually the more you pound that rock, the more you keep like running the ball, eventually there's going to be a massive hole that opens up. You shoot right through it and bam, you're running in for the end zone. Wow. That's 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 a good analogy. Yeah. And that's breakthrough. That's what breakthrough looks like. A lot of times we want something immediate in transaction, but God is not a transactional God. He's relational. Mm-hmm. He walks with us, you know? And so the more we do it, not just living a life moment to moment from one youth service to the next youth service or the next worship experience and the next worship experience, feeling God, but actually doing like, really like pursuing God in the mundane, even when it's boring, even when you don't feel like reading your Bible, even when like everything's just happening all at once and life is overwhelming, you're still going back and you're, you're still pursuing God, even in the mundane. And trust me, that's where the breakthrough happens. Breakthrough happens even in the mundane of just doing things. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's key. Yeah. I think and that, I think uh, it, Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say like this last thing and it really matters with our eyes too. like focusing your, having your focus on Jesus, even Peter, when he get, when that, in that story, when Jesus was walking on water, he, Peter, the uh, disciple of Jesus, he jumped out of the boat. He started walking on the water and his eyes were on Jesus. And the moment that the winds and the waves started to pick up and he focused on those things, he began to sink, but it's not about being focusing 
on what's going on around you and what's like the temptations or even just like what's happening in your life. Cause the moment you fix your eyes on that, you're going to sink. And yeah. even if you do sink, God's going to be there to deliver you. But the goal is to keep our eyes on Jesus. Like our goal for purity is Jesus. Our reward for purity is Jesus. <laughs> like yeah. he is the reward. The yeah. li- like when this life is over and we truly live this out, like, and being able to actually be in the presence of God in heaven, that's what what's that's what's really worth it. Yeah. In our purity. And so sorry, sure. I kinda <laughs> No, you're good, dude. That's good. That's all good stuff. I was actually what I was gonna say goes right along the same lines as uh that that Peter analogy. And then you said it earlier about where our focus at, but there's a verse in James that says, When you submit to God, yeah. then the devil will flee from you. It's not the it's not the devil will flee from you um because you're telling him to go away. It's it's submit to God and then the devil runs the other way because he sees who you're serving. And, and I think that's so key that your focus really determines what your life's going to look like. So uh, I appreciate you sharing that um, as well. Man, this has been um, such a great conversation and I'm so excited for uh, everybody to hear it. Um, Trey, you got any any last thoughts that you want to put out there? Yeah, man. Um, I would say, um, man, this fight for purity is worth it. Mm. This fight for like really for purity it's for your wife it's for your kids it's for your brother who's going through the same thing like yeah you being free and you man just like living this life out of purity and just living according to the word of god and really going after god like man it's it means something yeah it means something and if you're going through this and you're struggling with pornography i just want to say you're not disgusting you are not you're not you know this reject or loser that keeps like falling back into the same sin but jesus really wants your heart and wants you to come back into that place of fully surrender and i and trust me like you know the christian life is <laughs> it's challenging it's challenging i would yeah. say but it's worth it it's worth it yeah because you know man like it's jesus it's you know, yeah, I think that there are, um, a lot of people, um, outside the church and even within the church that view God as this sort of, um, transactional God where we have to put in to get something out or, um, something along those lines. However, that's, that's totally, um, not the case. And, um, I was actually going to go somewhere with that thought, but I totally just lost it. So, um, uh, yeah, dude, what you're saying, uh, is, is, is super good. And I, I really do believe that people are going to gain from uh, what you've said. I believe that people are going to find freedom um, in what you said. So uh, thanks again, man, for coming on and sharing your testimony and sharing just some wise words with us. Uh, I really hope well, and, and believe that if you are out there right now and you're struggling with this, honestly, reach out to me on Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Um, I would love to, to chat with you. As a matter of fact, after I put out my last episode, um, sharing my story, I can't. I had I had quite a few people like reach out to me, um, and, and say, "Hey, man, like I'm struggling with the same thing, or I've had this battle before, or mm-hmm. like you've encouraged me, or yeah. like it was the it was the most 
Okay, so I checked the statistics of the episode, and it's like my least viewed episode so far because I just put it out a couple days ago. Um, But it's the most like averagely like there's the average watch time that people watch it. It's the most watched, and uh, I've gotten the most feedback from it so far. And I believe it's because this is such an epidemic, and because people are looking for hope. So, um, I Trey, people are gonna love this one. They're gonna they're gonna feel God all over this one. So, um, thanks again for coming on, man. And uh, guys, if you have not yet. Uh, feel free to sub- subscribe to the podcast. Give it a like, rating, review. Uh, subscribe to me on YouTube at Austin Nalen. Um, Trey, why don't you go ahead and tell them your Instagram. Uh, let them know they can follow you too. Yeah, my Instagram handle is TresDias96. So that's T-R-E-S-D-I-A-S-96. I promise it's not a rap name. <laughs> I'm half Hispanic, so I was like, Yo, like my mom used to call me Trey Day, so like in Spanish that's Tres Dias. So yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you go. I think I think that was a rap name. Did you, you used to rap, didn't you, a little bit? I did, bro, but yeah, we won't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. All right, guys. Again, thanks so much for coming and uh can't wait to see you back here next week. Have a great day, guys. All right, guys. <laughs>